Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Hello, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. If you like this show, then step into Heather Dubrow's world every Friday on Podcast One. Heather's talking to some fabulous guests like Queer Eyes Caramel Brown, YouTube's Mamrie Hart, and Grace Helbig, and, and so many more. You don't want to miss a second of it, so check out Heather Dubrow's world at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. And also remember to rate and review. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Once again, and joined by the council here first, Mark Yodi Riley is here. Hello, Mark. Oh, hello. Happy to be here. Starting the wedding diet off early. I love it. I'm eating healthy, and you're getting ready for your wedding. Yep, that's and right. Right next to me is Mr. Mark Ellis. Oh, Mark, thank you, everybody. It's so great to be back at Denny's. And we have the best fans in the world because I got here, and I was presented with various things to autograph a, a Star Wars comic book, a Van Halen album. None of this independent property is things that I created. I'm just devaluing a lot of things here at Denny's. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I could not be more thrilled about it. Christian. Oh, I'm with you. Somebody said, "Hey, will you sign my uh, my solo comic?" And I said, "You want me to ruin that?" Yeah, I was like, that's yeah, what I did. Yeah, worth nothing on eBay. No, mm-hmm. you just ruined your property. Anyway, so we are going to get into talking about Star Wars. That's what we do. Mark, what else we got? Going well, we here? are here at Denny's, and Denny's obviously has a great partnership with Solo, a Star Wars story in theaters this weekend and you guys can check out a lot of the great menu items that they have here inspired by the movie Solo. I'm about to enjoy some co-reactor pancakes. It is the spot to hit. After you go see Solo, you want to talk about all the cool stuff you saw, go hit your local neighborhood Denny's and hang out with us. And right now you can check out the Solo trading cards that Mark Riley has once again jumped the gun on Woo! and opened before Good I stop. was going to be the first one to open my pack. These are just $3. <laughs> you get two Star Wars trading cards and a plus a Denny's coupon. Here's the best part is that it all goes to to help out the No Kid Hungry Charity, a great charitable organization that helps out with hunger all over the place. And if you guys might be one of the lucky ones, every one out of 100 of these packs has a special foil card. And unlike that solo comic book that's not worth anything because we signed it, those are going for about 100 bucks, 200 bucks on eBay. So check this out right now. I'm about to get a foil card as we speak. What do you get? Uh, well, I got uh, Moloch, yeah. which I've been looking for because I already have Lando. You got a Lando. Anybody want to trade Lando with me? I need a Therm Scissor Punch. Repeat. I need Therm Scissor Punch. No? Mm. No. no therm They're too busy you. eating. All right. Busy I got eating. a uh, Mud Trooper, um, which is also known in my family as Pooper Troopers. <laughs> and I got the man himself, Han Solo. That's uh, our boy. Oh, yeah. Show me Therm Scissor Punch. No. You no. Yeah, you all get right. two right. cards and possibly a foil one. So okay, very happy. Thank you very much. That's everything going on here at yeah. Denny's. We're excited to be back here. But we're also excited to talk about what's going on in the world of Star Wars. And we're going to start off with Star Wars movie news. Everything happening in the world of the movies. is a big one coming out. It's called Solo Star Wars Story. Is Mark, that what true? Got? That's very true. What do you got? Well, <laughs> according to Ron Howard, the Beatles and Star Wars are one and the same. At least he's saying that Star Wars is as big as the Beatles. Ron Howard would know something about the Beatles. Not only was he around back in 1964 when the Beatles made their triumphant American debut in February in the Ed Sullivan Show, he also directed an incredible documentary that I cannot recommend highly enough called The Beatles Eight Days a Week. It's basically about their touring years. So when he talks about coming on to be a member of Solo and actually directing the movie, taking over for Lord and Miller, he's comparing it to the Beatles in the sense that this thing is so big that as soon as you sign on, the sentiment is, hey, just don't mess this up. Mm. So the same way when you come on to direct a movie, about the Beatles. You know how many hardcore Beatles fans are out there. They want their property to be taken care of. The same thing can be said for Star Wars. Christian, I'm interested in your take on just the overall comparison in pop culture of the last 50, 60 years. The Beatles and Star Wars are both two of the titans of America and indeed the world's culture. Well, they're both phenomena. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to, is the fact you look at the way what the Beatles did and how Beatles changed music, and you look at what Star Wars did and the way that Star Wars changed film. I mean, there's, there's, it's an absolutely justified comparison in what he's trying to say. And even now, because you and I have had this conversation on movie talk, as yes. to where when you, you think that, and I understand what you're saying here, is that Star Wars, in a, in a certain aspect from what it used to be, is less special. Agreed. That I'm not saying that. You're saying you, you, you just You just echoed I my quote, sentiments. I quoted your, your thoughts. <laughs> Even though I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah. I understand as far as that because, like, when you didn't get enough movies, you only got them every, like, 10 or 20 or 30 years. It's, like, this big, crazy thing. But I think that Star Wars still has this thing about it. As what, this is what Ron Howard is talking about. It's this feel. It's this responsibility. It's the, being able to... You want to have that ability to tell the fans and to please the fans, especially in today. And so... It, it's an absolute just comparison. What do you think, Ron? Uh, I'm just wondering, who's Paul, who's Ringo, right. <laughs> who's George, and who's John? I got Han Solo is 
John, right? Well, I'm it, going. To, I'm looking at Ellis. If for this. you stand on this stage and you call Yoko Ono Darth Vader, I will say <laughs> that is a shot, and that is too far. I'm not saying that. Okay, yeah. but now I am. That's a, that's really great. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Rec- no, I, I I echo everything you say, Christian. It, it, this is a phenomenon. It started in 1977, going 40 plus years later. That every time they announce a Star Wars movie the fans lose their mind, depending on the character. I mean, right. we, we've had rumors of an Obi-Wan movie, had rumors of a Yoda movie. It's, we're, we're waiting with bated breath on what is going to be next because we love that fandom, and we're going to line up just like any Beatles fan well, would do and, at a concert. And, and off that point, it goes back to the thing, and I've, I admit uh, being wrong, terribly wrong on this, is that I thought maybe that this movie would be one of the lowest mm-hmm. performing box That's office. That's what wise. I thought too. And it certainly doesn't wrong. seem like it's going to be like that at all. It's, I mean, it might still be one of the lower ones, but we're talking lower in the 170 million, 150 million opening weekend. Um, it's because of this thing that it's it's this feel, this this is the magic that it has when when you want to be in these other planets you want to be there with these characters that you've grown to love so it makes sense yeah and you think about the landscape of star wars and what we get now is that star wars is actually kind of the uh the converse or the inverse of what we get with the beatles now because we're never getting new beatles music again right that's why when the beatles did their anthology in the late 90s it was so we're still special. getting tupac music though. they we are still getting tupac <laughs> albums left and right yeah. but the beatles had a new song that they were able to record with the surviving members with john lennon's voice free as a bird that was so special because we yeah. never thought we were going to get that again that's why i look at the 90s as the time when star was the most precious right. to quote Gollum because we didn't know we were ever going to get movies again and then the same could be said when Force Awakens came out we didn't know we were ever going to get movies again so it's not as special anymore in a good way because we're so spoiled as fans that we get all these great movies and obviously diner tie-ins yeah. all right what's uh, what do you got next Next up, we have Phoebe Waller-Bridge is voicing a droid in Solo, A Star Wars Story. And she had a pretty funny story about her super awkward, to quote her, audition. Basically, when you audition for Star Wars, and I want both of y'all's takes on this, is that they don't tell you you're auditioning for Star Wars right away. You have no idea. You may know you're auditioning for a space fantasy, and if they give you that much, it's leverage. And then she read that she's auditioning for the role of a droid. She had no idea what the hell a droid is. She had no idea what she was. She's in an Uber or taxi on the way to her audition, and the driver didn't know what a droid was, so she had the driver call his family and say, do y'all know what a droid is? She had no background for what a droid was, so she played it as a human, and then whoever was auditioning her said, hey, that was really good. We like what you did. You brought humanity to the role. Can you do it more like a droid? And she's like trying to be sly about it. She's like, okay, how do you mean? And then <laughs> she saw the producer stand up and kind of mimic being a droid. And then she picked up it was a robot right. and the rest is history. Um, Christian, Does we she know have that- Google? I, I, <laughs> she was riding in a taxi, not yeah. an Uber. So it's very old school the way that she goes about she her methods. Uber. No, no, it's a taxi. She just oh, hailed she it. She did that okay, dad okay, whistle okay. from the 70s. Okay, I got but it, here's yeah. my question to you is that you really don't know what you're auditioning for a lot of times. So even actors who are huge fans of Star Wars don't know they're going in for that. Do you like that approach that it's kind of you're flying blind at first? Um, I, yes. I mean, I also think because you don't want – you can't trust people. Because it's a matter of whether or not, not they're going to spoil it or they're going to leak it. Because let's say they don't get the audition. They don't, they don't get it right. And the next thing you know – they, they, it, it's out there, and then you get kind of what they're trying to do. I mean, and things change. Whatever sides people read or whatever they're auditioning for, that's pro- one, probably 90% guarantee that's not going to be what ends up on screen. So you don't want these leaks of these stories to come out. So I understand why they do it for sure. And I think by having people do it, everyone that we've talked to, whether it's Vanessa Marshall when she was on Rebels mm-hmm. or, or, or Freddie or anybody, they, they read these sides. They don't know what it is they're going into. If you're a big Star Wars fan... 
and you could start, like Vanessa started to pick up on it because she's like an uber Star Wars fan. So as you read these things, well, this could be, depending on how farther down the line you get. Yeah, we're all big Star Wars fans here. And so like, if we got an audition for something and it said you're reading for the role of a droid, we know exactly what to do and we would mm. probably overplay it right. to some degree. Probably. And my, probably, you're right, it probably helped her. I, I think it did help yeah. her, and, and I've kind of changed my tune on this, is when it came out that there was like a short list of actors that were, that were going to be considered to play Han Solo, Miles Teller was one of them. And he mm. said he wasn't really a big Star Wars fan, he didn't want it, so I was like, then you don't deserve to play Han Solo! Right, right. And now I think about it again, and I'm like, maybe that's the best way to come into this, is not being such a super fan, and just being an actor going through the process. Sometimes. I think in the case of what you're talking about with the, with the droid portion mm-hmm. of it, I think it worked out. I think that there are sometimes, and you do have to be up and you do have to have um, be able to reference things in the past. You don't you want to be careful because in the case of like Alden, which I don't think he did, which is a good thing, you don't want to do an impression of mm-hmm, Harrison yeah. Ford because that that's when you start to say, well, that's just someone trying to sound like Harrison Ford. You want to find somebody that knows enough about the character that can do the research on it, not just again goofing on myself with Google, but knowing it, knowing the world. You look at someone like like Dave Filoni, right, who is an uber fan of this stuff, and granted, he's not going to be. He's not a um, he's not acting, but like you want that guy to be developing a new animated series because you know how well he is. It's not just a hired gun. Right, right. And Riley, I mean, now since Christian's point, I'm going to double down on Miles Teller. You were wrong. No, I like Miles Teller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet he was. It, he's in a lot of great movies. Whiplash is fantastic. Yep. Uh, your take on Phoebe Waller Bridge, maybe uh, not knowing what she's reading for. Well, they're starting them out early because now I have such respect for these actors, not only in the Star Wars universe, but these big blockbusters. These actors do not get the full script. They get pages. Even right. the day they're filming, sometimes I hear, they don't even know what they're filming. Pardon my reach. Please, Continue. please help yourself. Uh, you know, the less is more for me. Oh um, God, the the fact that they start this early, you're not even knowing what you're auditioning for. Then you get a little bit from the casting director. Then you get cast. Right. Then you have to really rely on your director because they do not want to, just like you were mentioned, Christian, they don't want to get the secret out there that, you're playing this character in a Star Wars movie, or you're playing this character in a Marvel movie. They don't want to show anything, so you have to just trust your director, trust your craft. That's right. why I have such respect for them, because they gotta, they got to fill in the blanks here without a lot of pages. Hey, Christian, can I ask you something about Dave Filoni? No. So, Dave Filoni, and I know you know people <laughs> who I don't, but Dave Filoni could be involved in a Star Wars production yeah. uh, on a bigger scale than he has been coming up, yeah. right? So, if you're Dave Filoni... And you're sending out sides to actors or actors. Let's say you're looking for the big roles, the meaty roles, the leads. Sure. Do you tell them it's a Star Wars movie? No, Dave Filoni prides himself on the fact that he doesn't. He, <laughs> he loves not telling people anything. And that's, again, whether you talk to him himself, whether you talk to anyone he's worked with, the thing about him, he plays, he plays in a different kind of mystery box than J.J. Abrams plays in. <laughs> and, and he does. He, he does it very well. And once, he, once you're allowed inside of his circle and he starts to give you more of the information... Remember, he's a student of, of the master in George Lucas. Like George yeah. Lucas taught him all the secrets, and now he is kind of, when he brings somebody in, he starts to teach them secrets as well. And that's the thing that Dave Filoni does well, and I think that he's got a process. It's not just like randomly, I'm not going to tell anybody about anything. There's a reason why he does what he does. But anyway, that's, uh, I, I like that story because that does show how you can kind of fall into this universe. Remember, Daisy Ridley had also never seen a Star Wars movie, and she right. kind of ran into it and, and did a crash course. Tom Holland hadn't seen that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back. That. I hope he that's got true. on that. that no, he true. really hasn't seen Empire Strikes. Get not, on it, Holland. Not, that's not true. It's totally. It's hundred <laughs> really? percent true. All right, what's Get next? on it, Spidey. You get on the next story, will you? 
<laughs> Donald Glover is talking about Star Wars and mentioning that he thinks that it's kind of like the Bible in some mythological respects. And then he likened Lando to a thing we'll get to in a minute. But first of all, his comparison to myth- the mythology of the main story, the main bloodline, the Skywalkers, is kind of like yeah. the Bible where you have a lot of lineage. And I'm looking more at Old Testament Bible from my Catholic school days just because you do have the lineage of the very first people, Adam and Eve, and then they kind of go down and they pass on their seed a little bit. And new generations get into new adventures. I think that there is an apt comparison between the Old Testament and Star Wars because you have Noah, you have Han. Both of them have rickety ships that they somehow have to manage to fly or sail against tremendous odds. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, well, you can look, at the, com- you can look at the comparisons. Like we just Am I the only one who's read the Bible here? Come on, <laughs> no, guys. But, but will you look at those comparisons. It's in every hotel though, room. And I, I think that it is uh, absolutely... You can, again, make those references, just like we said before, because look at what way George Lucas, when he was writing Star Wars in general, of all the different things that he took, there's certainly comparisons from the Bible, there's comparisons from actually, you know, as far as um, even younger history with World War II, and, and there's so much more that he put in there. It, that's what made Star Wars so special. It's, it's being able to combine all this different stuff. What do you think? Yeah, well, like George Lucas, also a, a, a student of Joseph Campbell and myths, the hero of a thousand faces. When you have that, I mean, I love that we're talking about, in the first story is the Beatles, but Star Wars is like the book of faith. They're like, this is the good book. Do not screw with our Star Wars because we expect these, yeah, yeah, we expect these myths and these stories that are legendary that you follow that, that liken themselves and compare themselves to old literature, the Bible, everything back, I mean... Lucas pulled from that, from everything he was doing in building Star Wars. Yeah, I, I got to push back on you, Christian. Uh, Star Wars actually says right at the top of the movie, this happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Right. This is based on historical accuracy. Yeah. He also Journal said of the wills. <laughs> a Lando, very good. A Lando movie, um, he was asked about a Lando movie. I'm sure Donald Glover is just getting peppered with questions about, hey, when, when are we going to get a Lando standalone movie? And as somebody who's lucky enough to have seen the movie already, I would love to see a Lando standalone movie. Me too. And he said that it kind of gives you the freedom because you're, you're taking taken away from that Skywalker mythology, that biblical lore, and you can maybe do whatever you want in this universe. And so he compared this very high society kind of guy having adventures through the Outer Rims, and he said that it would be like the show Frasier in space. And I really like that comparison, <laughs> because Frasier used to go to a bar where everybody knows your name, so we could get cheers in Star Wars. Yeah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but I, but, I, but I, I, I think that in regards to the movie, the Lando movie, Donald Glover is one of my is one of the biggest talents on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with not having a Lando movie right now, and I'll tell you why. Because I think that let's let's if you're going to tell another story inside of this, and I'm not going to spoil anything for the movie, tell another story first. Um, and the other thing too is there's so many other movies that are working on right now. There's movies that they're working on, whether it's Obi Wan, whether it's the Benioff and Weiss stuff, whether it's the Ryan Johnson stuff. It's that don't just make the movie to make the movie because this is one of the hottest stars on the planet and one of the most talented ones. Find the right story. Now, if they go into the comic books and you go into what Lando did in those comics with the Sith artifacts and all that stuff, I mean, that's some of the best comics, that the, the runs that they've done so far. If you can find a way to tell that story and make it relevant to everything else and interweave it, then absolutely I want to see that. But I also think that, the, that Kathleen Kennedy's, well, not I think, I know that her comments were taken out of context in that interview from last week. They're not oh, doing yeah. that yet. They're going to kind of survey it a little bit more. They're also going to analyze the numbers after Han Solo comes out. I think it's probably something that will happen, but if they're going to do all of these movies, then they've got to see, again, how they're going to map all this stuff out, because there's so much they're announcing so far. 
Are they going to do one of those things like in humans with Marvel? It's like, oh, that's coming out. When is it? Nah, we're just kidding. That one's not coming out. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what are they? What are they going to? Marvel only did that like once. Yeah. And so you got to make sure you don't do that because then the fans are go. That's why they were hesitant in announcing Obi Wan in the first place. Prediction for me is again that Obi Wan will be the next one that's going to get announced. Has that not been announced yet? No. I I keep living in this weird netherverse where it, I don't it's know. So, if it's it's been... weird because you had that Hollywood Reporter um, article that came out that pretty much said they're going to announce it soon. Then Kathleen Kennedy last year at one point said, "Oh, I'm going to announce the next movie next month," and then it was just kind of quiet. She didn't say anything. Um, so I think they're going to really look at this weekend and see what happens. And then I think as we get closer to Star Wars Celebration, we'll know even, even more. Star Wars Celebration next year is going to be the event to go Shy to. Town, we're going to be there? Yeah, we'll right? be there. Right, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, no, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll go there. As, I'll walk there if I have to. I'll um, hang out there. I'm doing shows. Yeah, yeah. all right, what's next? Um, next up is Amelia Clark. You may know her from the upcoming Solo, A Star Wars Story, or you may know her from a little tiny HBO program called John from Cincinnati. I read that wrong. It's actually Game of Thrones, and when she was asked like who she show. would cast, uh, did you watch John from Cincinnati? I did watch You're John You're a big Leftovers guy. Yeah, so I, I like John from Cincinnati. I liked it for, for a little bit, then I went off the rails, like we're doing right now. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once he went to Dayton, it just kind of yeah. jumped the shark. So she was asked who she thinks should play a young Luke Skywalker, and she mentioned somebody from her own show, Game of Thrones, yeah. Kit Harrington. Right. Every Everybody is singing the praises of Sebastian Stan. He's really good as the Winter Soldier, albeit the Winter Soldier is somebody who should be put down for good. So Sebastian Stan, as a young Luke Skywalker, is kind of a given. Where do you see Kit Harrington figuring in? Well, I mean, as far as what role, I don't know. But I was actually standing there um, when, I believe it was Andy from the Star Wars show, asked her this question. Um, oh, this about, was on the red carpet. This is, I don't ah. know if they asked her again afterwards, but yeah. the same question was asked. And they asked her, who's the like out of all the games, there's been a couple Game of Thrones actors and actresses that have been in this thing now. And asked who's been the most vocal and the most jealous about it. And she's like, Kit, Kit Harrington, he really wants to be in it. Mm. If Kit Harrington wants to be in Star Wars, sign him up for something. She's yeah. I mean, saying Luke Skywalker, that. though. I don't think he should be Luke Skywalker. No, I, I, I think that he, he could do something else completely different. He doesn't look like Luke. He doesn't, I wouldn't want to see him as Luke. I, don't, I, I want to see him do something completely different. I think that you want to fit that guy into somewhere. You put him, if, if Benioff and Weiss are going to go back thousands upon thousands of years ago, whether it's Old Republic or not Old Republic, the formation of the Sith or Jedi, put that guy in there. Him whipping around a lightsaber? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely... I would love to see him in, in the Benioff and Weiss thing, and it, it actually would be perfect. That is perfect. I mean, as Kid Harrington, we, we know what he can do in a kind of an old fantasy kind of environment, right, which right. if they are going to go that Old Republic route, I, I would love to see that. As far as young Luke Skywalker... I can't get that picture out of my head it's of like Sebastian him. Stan like as a young Luke yeah. Skywalker. And, like, he's my guy. Yeah. But I want to put it back to the, the council here. I mean, I would love a Luke Skywalker, a Star Wars story, and have it take place after Return I'll tell of the you, Jedi. Here's why I don't. Why? Because I want to see <laughs> Sebastian Stan in the Favreau series. I'll because take I, that I oh, would, as Luke. I would rather see him as Luke in the series because then you can develop more of him it. going around looking for. Remember, in the Battlefront games, he's yeah. looking for artifacts. He's doing studying. He's, he's on these adventures that you can do a full episode of just him. You know what I mean? That, and it's I like, would take that because in a, in a movie, in a movie, you just get him for that. If, what if he's great? Then you got to wait another three, four, five, six years. But if if Favreau and whoever else is directing, you can develop a couple more pockets of him. He's done TV. He was in um, Dying Up Here. Yeah, yeah, and if they are doing because <laughs> For we did like ten minutes and then so, spoil and it. then a bus happens. It's the beginning of the thing. Oh. <laughs> but we do know that yeah, it is now taking place after Return of the Jedi. There's Luke. That's the big question that, that I've been wanting to hear after we learned of Force Awakens what Luke was doing. Right. How how was he tied to Lor Santeca? What what was that journey like getting to Octu? 
if he's going to go there with that TV series, that will move to my number one over yeah. some that, of the that's, movies. That's just me hoping. There's been no reports or any speculation. But in, in that hope, let me let me be high fidelity. Sub question: How like much this. of John Favreau's TV show do you want to see borrow from the characters that we know and love from their matriculation after Return of the Jedi? And yeah. how much do like is there a percentage you can put on it yeah. that like I want to see eighty percent new stuff and then just occasionally have Luke or Hunter Leia? Pop I think eighty percent is probably right. I think huh. I think that gives you the I mean, I think there's a lot of complaints sometimes, which I don't think are warranted. We're like, oh, why don't you just, you know, you're making it too small by doing Solo and Obi-Wan. They're doing so many other things that they're not. The Rebels expanded it. They're doing the series that are expanding it. The Benioff and Weiss stuff's going to expand it. The Ryan Johnson stuff's going to expand it. Novels expanded. Everything expands it. It's just that when you hear one thing, like they're doing Obi-Wan. They might do Yoda. Oh, you're making it too small. They're doing one movie a year plus television series. Yeah. So what I'd like to see, though, inside of this series is absolutely that. Build some new characters, get me some people to get involved with and learn about, and then give me that kind of feeling of, oh my God, there's a run in of, you know, like very similar like wrestling, which you guys don't watch. Um, but if there was I've like. heard of it. Yeah, yeah. but, but like anyway. Kids in high school do. They yeah, throw things at people, they, they wear throw singlets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Point is, when these run ins would happen, you'd be like, oh, like someone who hadn't been around in a long time and it made it that much more special. And I think that that could, that could happen if you start really, like, very similar to Rebels. Like, I know, I was just going to say, when what they, they did in Rebels, Stephen Stanton did the voice of uh, Obi-Wan, and when Obi-Wan came back, everyone talks about that episode. Yeah. So imagine that they did a similar episode to that, and if you keep building on seasons, eventually you'll have to, because you're going to want to get, it's also about ratings. So you, wanna, you don't want to just get, go for the ratings, but you want to say, okay, look, we can use so-and-so in this one, really knock it out of the park here, and we got Sebastian Stan to play Luke. People have been calling for it. Let's do it. Yeah, I just I, I I get a little hesitant that like every time somebody from the classic trilogy shows up, it's just like, hey, look who co- hey Kramer's it's, coming through the door. He's wacky. It's execution. Know? Yeah, it's all about execution. Yeah. All right, what do you got next? All right, well, the execution of episode nine has yet to be determined. J.J. Abrams is hard at work on the script right now, and we had some interesting news from an old friend, Timothy Zahn, who really was one of the people who helped kept Star Wars lore and mythology alive during the dark times of the '90s. He wrote a great trilogy that included a new character called Grand Admiral Thrawn, mm. and since then, Thrawn has actually been thrust from the Outer Rim territories into actual Star Wars canon. And recently, a good friend of the show, Joel Monique, was interviewing Timothy Zahn at a convention, and they got to talking about what he's working on next with the Thrawn character in particular. He said he kind of has to pump the brakes on where he's going until he sees what's going on with Episode Nine. That wasn't an exact quote. That was me reading into it a little bit. You can check out the story for yourself on Dork Side of the Force. Neil Harrington, with a lot of cool speculation in that article, your speculation, Christian, do you think that we could actually see Thrawn pop up in Episode Nine, and what would that do for the possibility of a new trilogy with Episode Ten following it? Uh, I mean, it, it's certainly a possibility they could use it. I think that JJ is going to use a lot of characters that we maybe didn't expect to see that we will see, and some old faces, new faces. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff in Episode Nine to really kick our butts, to be honest with you. But as far as Thrawn goes, could he show up? Sure. Um, but I don't think these comments make it so. You know, it's because I think that what this also means is I need to figure out what's happening in episode nine because there could be events leading up to where my story is that I want to know if I'm taking it before or after that and how the lore and mythology, because if he sets something up that doesn't work with the, the politics or anything to it, then they, he can't release it. So it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, that means Thrawn's going to be in it. It just means that he needs all the facts of where the timeline is from what his story takes place to where episode nine takes place. But 
it would be pretty interesting if you had Thrawn show up in this thing. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to show up in other things, but again, without there, there have been other movies and other things that have happened in Star Wars recently, other books, comics. I won't spoil anything in general, but like where characters show up and you go, "Well, wait a minute, they're doing that." Sky's the limit. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I go to isn't he from the unknown regions? Thrawn yeah. in that book. I haven't read the Thrawn novel, so I'm wondering if it's less Thrawn, less the character Thrawn, and more the idea of the unknown regions. Well, that's and been being set explored. up in general recently. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he, they, Lucasfilm's like, hold off a minute. We're going to we're we're going to figure out in our story group. J.J. Abrams and his co-writer are going to figure it out. Wait until we have that kind of mapped out because if they want to go into Thrawn more, then they're going to have to use his origins, use where he's from, other characters. They might want to cherry pick yeah. some of those to put them in this movie, but we don't know. If you could have one character from Star Wars lore, maybe even somebody from Legends that would come back and make an impact in Episode Nine, would Ooh. it be Thrawn? Would it be Jar Jar? Who would it be? <laughs> See, well, in Episode Nine or in general? Like, um, if I could have anybody come back from any Legends, anybody? Yeah, it's it's so not I'm in Episode giving, Nine. No, no, this would be episode nine. Oh, okay, because I would have said Darth Bane. I would, uh, I would have liked to have seen Bane. Hard in the to get Old him Republic. in episode nine. I no, mean. in episode. Nine. Well, I mean, unless you do the same thing they did in Clone Wars. But I mean, Thrawn. I mean, the, the rumors of Mara Jade. I think at this point is. Yeah, you know, I don't think she's showing up. You don't need to. Yeah, and it's like it's 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 unnecessary from where they've taken the story so far. So I, I mean, I guess because we're talking about it, and I'd actually like to see how he plays in. Yeah, that would that would work pretty interesting if they could do that. I mean, it would also see like. I wouldn't mind seeing Ahsoka and seeing what happens yeah. to how Ahsoka finally shows up. I saw a fist pump from a fan back there. Ahsoka they want to see Ahsoka. I mean, why not? I think, I think one of the stigmas that I'd like to see them get rid of is that, well, it's a, it was the animation, so it can't show up here, because sometimes that has not been true. But the other thing is what I, the, the stigma I definitely want to get rid of is, is, well, that's a voice actor, so they can't do live action. Mm. Um, and I talked to, when I talked to Tia Sakar on 101, I, was able, I brought that up, like, Ashley Eckstein could easily play Ahsoka, like, really well. I mean, any of those characters. Vanessa Marshall could, could play Hera, you know. Um, I mean, if you went back and, and had Freddie play Kanan, you could do that with all the, the people that they cast, because even talking to them, they are the characters. So I'd like to see that character come back, because I think she's her story, there's more to tell. Yeah, I want Ahsoka. That, yeah. That's the one that I immediately honed in on. Because of Rebels, there's so much story to tell. We don't know where they're going, though. I think Filoni's going to answer that with his next... Star Wars show. No, maybe. that's what's... Maybe. Maybe, because I mean, you may or may not... It's more about the Resistance now. That's, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we're having this character now hang in the ether. Like, we're waiting because right. Ahsoka became so popular off of debuting to just such hatred, you know, in the Clone Wars She movie. won everybody over, yeah. She won everybody over, and now she's one of the most popular. So I would love to see her come back in some way. I would love a Star Wars story just based on her. And to go to your point, I hope that stigma, we get rid of that stuff, that a, that a, a popular character from an animated show well, can hold the movie. I think the Star Wars brand is strong enough that you could put any Rebels character, animated or otherwise, and people will go see it. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record again, too, but I think that the best chance to see Ahsoka right now, especially with the fact that I truly believe that Filoni will be involved in that live-action series as much as anything else, I think that Ahsoka could show up in that live-action series. When you look at the, the time jump, of where it is. It takes place between, uh, Favreau said, five years or, or so after Return, after Return of the yep. Jedi. And where we're at in after Rebels, it makes sense. It lines up that, that she could show up. Maybe mm -hmm. she does. Maybe they have someone play Ezra. Maybe they have someone play Ahsoka oh, and, and Satine. Um, so 
Or Sabine. So it's, uh, it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah, in episode nine, give me Biston the space monkey. He made it off Scarif. <laughs> I want to see him hang out of the sandals. He deserves a vacation. All right, what's next? Last one? <laughs> Last one in Star Wars movie news. Brad Bird. Heard of him? He's got a movie coming out no. called The Incredibles 2 later on this summer. He also directed The Incredibles 1 as well as Tomorrowland, a Mission Impossible movie. And apparently he has an open invitation to do something Star Wars he mentioned in a recent interview that he's good friends with Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas, for that matter, and that they have told him repeatedly that whenever he gets a notion that he wants to do something in Star Wars, call them, and they're going to have a little chat. So, Christian, if I give you Brad Bird, we all know the movie I want to see Brad Bird make, and that is the backstory of Salacious B. Crumb. <laughs> oh, That's not going to happen. Thank you. You got a lot of support here for If that. you have Brad Bird doing a Star Wars movie, what do you want to see Mr. Bird do? I hate to be the guy. I'm going to say no thank you right now. Because of Tomorrowland? Wow. Yeah, because of Tomorrowland. And I, and, and I think Incredibles 2 is going to be... I think Incredibles 2 is going to be incredible. I really do. I think, it's, I think that we know what he's done there. I want to see him do something else live action because I was really looking forward to Tomorrowland. I mean, I couldn't wait to see that movie. And that movie tanked. Yeah. Like, like, not just It's a rough third act. Please I recycle. I didn't like that movie. I don't, I don't know. He was supposed to take over. Remember, he was supposed to do Force Awakens. It was yeah, his. he was offered. So, or whatever the movie, Episode 7, whatever was going to be before him. So I don't know yet. Um, and, you know, and that's, it might be unfair, but I just, I, I'm not, I don't get, when you say, I'm more excited if you tell me like Matthew Vaughn, even though I didn't like Kingsman 2, I, if you tell me Matthew Vaughn's getting a Star Wars movie, I'd rather see Vaughn over, over Brad but, Bird right now. Could, could I pose to you that we could get like another feature-length animated movie? that's just better than the Clone Wars than maybe Brad Bird because he, he just crushes animation so far out of the park. Looking, I don't think he's looking for that, though. I think yeah. he's looking for live action. Uh, animated, sure, but I think Filoni's got a rain on the animated. Uh, again, once again, for the third time in this show, if he maybe directs an episode of Favreau's sh- thing, maybe that's mm, possible. Okay. Like, I think that that's what that show's also going to do. That show is going to offer so many opportunities to established directors, new directors, there, um, people that you may not have heard of before that just that, that make their name from that particular show. There's, that show is going to do so much for Star Wars, for that streaming service. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to really, it's going to be next level stuff. It has the potential to do that. The first season is going to do it regardless. I get nervous about a live action. There's not Star one Wars person show. sitting in this restaurant. There's not one person that's a Star Wars fan, even if you if they're divisive on anything, that is not going to at least check out that first episode if they have the streaming service to see what this thing is Are all about. Are you including about. the non roped off section at Denny's from people who had no idea we were taping a show? They're watching today? it right now in the future. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and we're going to switch on over to a simple segment that we call. What's the deal with Canon? Hey, That's all right. right. I like that. Okay, they good. know it. They know it. They know it. Everything happening in the world of Star Wars that pertains to, it could be novels, it could be books, it could be comics, whatever it is, we're going to talk about it. What do you got? Well, we have the Black Squadron going hunting for the First Order secret weapons in a new issue of Poe Dameron. Number 27 is on the shelves now, hot off the press. Poe Dameron comic has been good. It's gotten like, it, it, now at this point, it t- it's the only thing in Star Wars that connects... The, um, the timeline right after Last Jedi. It's Ooh. the only thing, so where they are right now. So that part of it is pretty interesting. There's, there's been kind of some references to the fate of Leia and what's happening with Leia oh. and inside of, okay. of these Okay, I'm issues. listening. So I would recommend so it. The, the new issue really explores a little bit more on that. So they're teasing after Last Jedi. That's a must-buy yeah. then for but, me. But last, the last issue already did that. Like They're all sitting around in the ship as they're going wherever they're going, okay. and, they're tell- and Pro's like kind of telling stories to Rey and, and Finn. 
That was All very right. time life of you. Read the book. I, yeah. That's why I have you here. I'll let you know at the 57th minute of the hour. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up is Timothy Zahn. We hearken back to the interview that he did uh, with Joel at the Ontario Comic Con. And we're talking about the Thrawn novels now because yeah. he wants to make that Thrawn because you really loved the, the first Thrawn book, right? Or you um, enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I like the audio version a lot. It's how Mark Thompson really brought to, ah, together okay, yeah. the voice yeah. Thrawn. And, and he's a very kind of dense writer, which is great, yeah. which is why we love him. But I, I think that you really got to know Thrawn. It made me want more, I can tell you that. Well, you're going to get more, and my question to you is, what do you want to see from the next two books that yeah. are going to be in that loose trilogy? Um, now, obviously, Thrawn can't write too much, or Thrawn can't do too much yet, because we don't know what's going to happen with Episode Nine. Right. But if you have the character's disappearance at the end of Rebels, and then you have this kind of wide-open landscape that is between Rebel, the New Hope and the yeah. events of, really at the end of Return of the Jedi, because Thrawn was kind of off doing his own thing, mm -hmm. until we get to Force Awakens kind of stuff. What are we looking forward to? Well, I mean, I, I like everything they set up, like his rise to power. I like mm -hmm. that a lot in the first one. And now we know in the second one is going to be a lot of the mission with Vader and the stuff that he's going to be doing with Vader. And that's, uh, that's, that's a great way to get a lot of people interested and kind of sucked into this thing, because the goal is Vader's like the biggest attraction. You get yep. Vader, and you put a good story together, and if someone who's never read the first one just wants to read something about Vader, now they want to go back and learn a little bit more about Thrawn. What I do hope that they do is they give him access to find out what happened after Rebels, and they let us know through this novel what happened after Rebels. So the guy who created Thrawn can then tell us more about it, and then once we find out Episode Nine, it either links in right before or links in afterwards, and we can ultimately find out the fate of this character. Yeah, that's what, when I heard... Well, knowing what I know about Rebels and the end there, and then hearing he might be meeting up with Vader, that's exactly where I'm looking at, right. is that, that period between Rebels, New Hope, how does Vader fit into that? And it's, if, if it's Timothy Zahn, then I'm, I want to read this thing and get his take on Vader, which sure. is exciting. But between Rebels and Rogue One slash A New Hope, and then moving on into the classic trilogy, with all the lore that has already been built around Darth Vader that is now established canon, thanks to the comic books and the novels, is there time... For Thrawn and Vader to do anything more than just have a cup of coffee in the yes, Death Star cafeteria? Because I, because I believe this happens like right around the New Hope era. I believe it's right beforehand, right around the Rebels, kind of leading into the things that we've seen him do in Rebels. So right before New Hope. Um, so we and have, Rogue One, for that matter, then, right? Yeah, because right before Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yes, yeah, yeah. right before Rogue One. It's right before all that stuff. And then the question again is, where do we go after that? Yeah. Because like when he comes back... Vader's not going to be around, so or if he does come back at all. So there's a lot there. There's a lot of story to be told with Thrawn for sure. It'd be great if, like, at the end of Rogue One, after he does all the lightsaber wizardry, and mm -hmm. then he's like, "Hey, follow that ship." But first, let's go say hi to Thrawn. Right. I'm gonna go yeah, pay him a visit. Thrawn. He's like, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, done. Sure. I'll well, one got away, but yeah. yeah. All right. No more phone bits. Yeah. All right. No so now, <laughs> no more phone <laughs> pantomime. No more phone bits. You don't like that? We've had, right. We've had enough of them. <laughs> Normally, we go to the twits. We're not going to do that today. We are going to now talk to the fans that are here in attendance. They have some questions. We're going to talk to them. And where's Wendy? I'm there sitting next How to Logan, you? who all has right. uh, finished all of his pancakes, and Good he's got him. a great question for you guys. What do you got? Um, I was wondering, out of everyone that you met that's like been affiliated with the Star Wars universe, who is like the favorite person that you guys got to meet? Uh, thank you for the question. I think it's for me. It's going to be you know, it's, it's an easy question with Filoni because of just being able to. Like, every time I talk to him, I get to see him. Like it's like there's always new things to learn. Like my favorite thing that I've ever done so far since I've been doing this show is when I sat down and talked to him for like a half an hour right before the Rebels finale, uh, series finale. 
and a season finale suit. And it was a lot of fun kind of talking to him. And he's, I, I've called him the heir apparent. I still believe that that is something that he should be doing creatively. And I love talking to him. Mm. I know yours. I know his. You know huh? his? Yeah, I know, yeah, I know you yours. Am, am I not a good poker face yeah. on this guy? Please, the uh, floor is yours. Well, I, I'm going to go uh, the creator himself, George Lucas, when I got to go to Skywalker Ranch and, and do the Star Wars trilogy play that I was a part of for years. Lucas put us up in Skywalker Ranch. He watched the, the play. He came up and spoke with us for 20 minutes afterwards, and he was, he was telling us about the writing between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. That was a, like, I, I just couldn't handle myself. I yeah. was standing there listening to this man who I grew up just idolizing, seeing what he did, and then going to Skywalker Ranch, which was what he created to not only be, uh, you know, make more Star Wars movies, but creating THX, creating ILM, Skywalker sent all these things that were under the same roof. He's standing there in jeans and a flannel going, yeah, that was a great show, guys. Yeah, I like your Obi-Wan impression. I mean, that was for me. I was like, awesome. that's enough. That um, was it. So did you stay overnight at Skywalker Ranch? He put us up in, no, in the hotels right down the street. Oh, I was going to say, is there like a Lincoln bedroom of the yeah. Skywalker Ranch where you, you do, do a little hanky-panky because you're there for Well, I think on Airbnb <laughs> it's going for like 30 bucks a night. So <laughs> if you want to check it out. Yeah, hey, no, George, no, no, no. George! Yeah. No, 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 no. He didn't put us up like that. I don't have the guest yours. You can go ahead and reveal it. Uh, Mark got to be featured in his hometown newspaper because of the person that he met. That's right. The Daily Press ran a story about two Marks making it big in Hollywood. One (laughs) was a super sweaty fan. The other, Mark Hamill. Got to meet Mark Hamill. And uh, it's a... Well, he recognized you, too. Yeah, I I, I went up to him to shake his hand because he was just standing by himself on the red carpet for a second. And I'm like, I'm never going to have this chance again. So I go up to him and I reach my hand out to shake his hand. And he turns around and he's like, hey, you're Mark from Schmoes. And I'm like, God! And I yeah. just, I just turned into a Dagobah puddle. Yeah. Just, uh, and and I, I, I composed myself. We talked for a minute, and then I took a selfie that, that made the rounds, and the Daily Press found it. That's and cool. I have it on good authority that Mark Hamill uh, referenced Schmoes on in his limo ride yes, on the way to uh, Solo: A Star Wars yes, Story. Did, right. it, I think that he knows my name because he has the same name, right? And I think that helps a lot. Right. But uh, he thinks just, I'm Mark. A, a, big, <laughs> a big Williamsburg, Virginia salute to Mark Hamill. Right. All right. Uh, who's next? Where'd you go? There you are. I'm sitting with Josh, who also ordered the co-reactor pancakes. Josh, what is your question for the council? So it seems like you all would want to see Ahsoka next as well. Would you rather see Ahsoka and Sabine in what we saw at the end of Rebels? Sorry for the spoiler if you haven't seen it. Or yeah. would you rather see an adaptation of the book? Oh, oh I'd rather see it. Uh, it's a great question. I think I'd rather see it. I think that, once again, the way Filoni has set up these characters and he's not done telling the tale of Ahsoka it's his baby you know like and and that was my favorite thing going back to the previous question is that when I asked him he said that people can use Ahsoka but they got to ask him first in order to go through uh, get to Ahsoka you got to go through Filoni first and I think that I'd rather see that in a you know live action or, or animated or something that he's involved in um, because in a novel, they certainly could do a follow-up to the Ahsoka novel by E.K. Johnson. That I think that's what he was happening. asking. Is, would you rather yeah, see no, that no, live know. action? Well, that's what the, I'm yeah. saying. I would rather see in live action and animated. I think that the E.K. E. Johnson could do it, and I think Filoni would sign off on it the same way he did the first one. But I think that I'd rather see it for this particular one. If I, if I had my choice between, like, a, if, you're, if you're telling me we're getting a live action Ahsoka movie, and you say, well, it's either going to be based at, right after the novel or her teaming up with Sabine, I'm going to go with her and Sabine because I, yeah. well, I want to see them both on screen together. And I also have never read the novel. So I think that I have a little bit more insight into the end of Rebels. You've never read do. a novel? Huh? I read Animal Farm by George Orwell. Okay. Christian, there's talking animals in it. It right. scared me half to death. Okay. 
Sorry, I apologize. There's that's, socialism? A, that's some heavy reading right yeah. there. Yeah, Mike I know. Well, a big wow. talk, and that's how you, yeah. that's how you well, sell yeah, me yeah, anything. Yeah. It's it like brings up a kid. He sure. instantly starts sweating. All right, what's next? <laughs> I'm sitting with Raul, longtime Collider fan. What's your question for the council? Oh, well, uh, this is an opinion that I have from a uh, scene from The Last Jedi. A lot of people get divisive when Leia floated back to the ship. And my theory about that, that scene is specifically because... In real life, they have said that twins can sense each other, can sense when they hurt, they can maybe think about their thoughts. When after that scene, when she goes back to the ship, Ray, she's with the force and she says, I didn't saw you, says says to Luke. Mm. My theory is that because Luke was a twin that was not using the force and because he, Luke and Leah are the sons of of Anakin Skywalker, the force said, this twin needs the force right now. So that's why she used the force to go back to the ship. Mm. Yeah, I like so that. So that's how I interpret that scene since I saw the last year. I don't know. I think what, you're a great fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a great I, fan. I, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that my, and again, with that a whole thing, I think that all the stuff with the force and everything you bring up is valid. I just think in space and flying back, it's my and blue in the face with this with this as far as this thing goes. I know you love it. I love uh, we're it. In, we're in a different I'm, side thing. I, the, the, the theory love itself. That thing. The theory itself works, but the theory itself, I think, could have worked, contained that, like, floating around in space. But, however, what I do think is going to happen, I do think actually ties into that Poe comic, is that those, the, the being out in space and basically freezing to death um, doesn't come without a cost. Mm-hmm. And I think that they actually, they actually play on that. I think they play that in Poe, and I think that they could play on that moving forward in Episode Nine. Um, so... I think that they'll definitely use that. I'm still not a huge fan of it, and I don't think that Earl's off base for thinking along those lines, but yeah, my issues. I, I, I hear that theory, and I say, thank goodness that certain green substances are legal in California, yeah, because right. that took a lot of uh, kale? gestating to get that. It's a, uh, it's a lot of lettuce to get that kale. theory out of there. But, Do you like um, kale? I appreciate it. I'll eat kale. It makes yeah. you sick. Yeah. You put enough ranch dressing on it, anything tastes good. Uh, <laughs> not Sushi? so much on the kale, but... I, like I said, I lo- when I first saw that scene in the theater, I, I maybe I was the only one clapping and screaming, like, no, loving, a lot of the, like, a lot of people loving the music yeah. playing, a John Williams score with getting Leia's theme in there. It was just it, it worked for me, but I believe completely she is the daughter of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. She is the brother to the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy. She knows how to use the Force, and she tapped into it at that moment there to save and, her And life. I like the fact, it, it was almost like the Force like, was like tapping her on the shoulder, being yeah. like, hey, she you hasn't ha- done yet. Good, hey, good to see you. Well, she did that little thing, you know, that was like the same point. It was like, okay. oh, I'm in, I'm here, I just think yeah. we, doing it. We, sometimes we look at this the wrong way. We look at like human beings, and they're able to use the Force like wizards. The Force is as, as much a factor in that, and the Force will determine what it wants to do. And I think that day Absolutely. the Force is like, hey, uh, in order to make the rest of this movie, we're going to need you to get on back in that ship. Right. And that's what happened. That's so <laughs> wizard, Mark. All right, what's, uh, what's next? I'm sitting with John, who's a fan of Porgs, 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 and more Porgs. Porgs. What's question for Ashley wasn't here. Council? <laughs> okay, so we all know that there's going to be spinoffs and spinoffs till the end of time. So I was wondering, would you consider a Max Rebo Star Wars story? <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> well, of course I mean, you can maybe, like, maybe like a the, Forces of Destiny. No, thing. no. You do a live action movie because Max Reef, there's so much there's so much great mus- musicianship in the galaxy far, far away. I want to know if Max Rebo's band had run-ins with a cantina band. I want to know if they were like doing, you know, gigs after. I want to know when they went to Hamburg, like when the Beatles got their 10,000 hours. And more importantly, if Max Rebo you want a has show a or a movie with this? movie, I want a movie because that means that the Max Rebo band is officially canon again. Do you know again. what would happen to this community if they announced the Max Rebo movie? Yes, it would make the population of Star Wars Comic-Con so much less dense, and we could get around there, <laughs> True. and I could get to meet all my favorite Star Wars personalities. Right, let, let's do la- one last one. <laughs> From my friend Jennifer, I was going to ask you guys, with Solo and talks about the Obi-Wan and Lando spinoffs, do you ever think we'll see a spinoff with a female Star Wars character as the lead? And if Damn so, right. which character do you think it would be? Yeah, I do. I do think we absolutely will. And I think that, you know what, though? I, I think that the spinoff might come. Remember the other thing that we're not talking about here is that Inside of these new, well, again, whether it's TV, whether it's the, uh, the Benioff and Weiss or Ryan Johnson, inside of these new movies, new characters will start to emerge that we will, might, might want to see new movies of. Remember, because like when you, know, you look at some of the movies that kind of through Marvel and stuff that happened with getting, getting their own spinoff movies, I think that that could happen to where whether in Ahsoka, Shore, a young Leia, Great. I mean, if Millie Bobby Brown would do it, I would be yeah. something amazing. But I think that you have enough time here to really build off of brand new characters that you can make some really great female characters that will get their own spin off movies. And I think it's inevitable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was banging the drums for a Princess Leia. You know, what is she doing building up to that moment in Rogue One yeah. where she gets the plan? Mandalorians. There's some stuff in the Mandalorians. Mandalorian, yeah. sure. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it a bit, speculate beyond episode nine if. I'm thinking of the story, what is going to happen with Rey and the Jedi Knights and rebuilding the Jedi Order. I would love a Rey Star Wars story that picks up after Episode Nine, depending on what happens, that of her rebuilding the Jedi Order, training these new Jedi. I'm, I'm imagining we're going to get something like that in Nine, but if we don't, if we're touching on it because there's going to be some you know, brush strokes here... Ray, I would love it because we've never, you know, we don't know what's going to happen episode, episode nine. Could the new trilogy characters spin off into their own movies? And I like that this trilogy is featuring her so prominently, and I think that opens up a lot of cool doorways Why for not? more diversity with your lead characters in Star Absolutely. Wars. Absolutely. So that's going to conclude this episode of Collider Jedi Council. I'd like to thank Mark Riley, Mark Ellis, and all you guys. Thanks again for being here today. We'll catch you next time. May the Force be with you. Always. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There's an underdog story happening today in America. Small businesses are fighting to make a comeback, but in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all. Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org. 